Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. Stand with us this morning. Hallelujah. We are here this morning to magnify and worship the one and true and living God. Hallelujah. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus. We are here to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We bless and we worship the wonderful name of Jesus. If you'll stand with us as we get into our worship service. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is anybody that's happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Are we still asleep? Is there anybody that's happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we put our hands together? Another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. How many knows that our God reigns? Our God is in control. All right. We're here to magnify and worship the name of Jesus. Let's lift him up this morning. Amen.
and he's going to yet, yet remind you who, who he is in your life. And it will get you deeper in prayer, deeper in the word, deeper in fasting, deeper in seeking God's face. And today we're going to touch and agree for our loved ones. And here today we're going to pray. And I ask for permission for our dear sister Julie, um, and who is experiencing loss in her family, and specifically with her grandmother. We're going to stretch and cover her. Her aunt, I'm sorry, her aunt, yes, her aunt. We're going to get, stretch our hands of love towards her. And we're going to surround her with the, uh, the love that we have as a church. And, of course, to her son, specifically, that he has a, a personal um, uh, situation that he knows of someone that rushed to the hospital. And we want to surround them with love and care because we care about our saints and care about our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we're going to pray for our dear sister, Brother Isaiah. He's not doing well, but he's, he's here in spirit. I was looking out for him. He's such a great young man. And we're believing God to touch his body. And we believe that God to do it today. And anyone who else have an issue, Lord God, you can just reach, you can lay your, lay your hand in the atmosphere. And we're going to believe God for your situation. How do you know that prayer works? How do we know that faith in God works? If we believe and pray, we can receive whatsoever we say. And we believe that God is going to do it. Let's lift our hands. And those who are watching, those who put your comments, we're going to pray for you too. Let's lift our hands in this beautiful atmosphere. And let's pray to the Lord. Father, we give you thanks this day. We come to you humbly before you. Father, we ask of you to forgive us of our transgressions. We pray, Lord God, against thee and thee only we have sinned and have done this evil in thy sight. But we pray right now, Lord God, because you are the one that can justify us. We cannot justify ourselves with our righteousness. For it is as a filthy rags before you. But because of your blood, because of your sacrifice, because of you dying on the cross at Calvary, you took our sins, God, and you paid the debt that we owed. It should have been us, God. But we thank you, Father, for your love towards us. And we pray for the love of God to be upon Sister Julie's family, our entire household. I pray that you give them strength. I pray that you give them comfort right now. We pray for every situation to be reversed in the name of Jesus. We're praying for healing for Brother Isaiah in the name of Jesus, a young man that God has been called by God. And we believe that, God, you are going to raise him up for such a time as this. And we pray, Lord God, right now for the families of Christ and the church, that God will do something different in the lives of our people. And that, God, you will bring us more together and united for this hour. For this hour requires and demands of people united because this hour is not like any other hour. But, God, you are going to use us to do great things in this community. And we believe that, God, if we are yet on one accord, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish in the name of Jesus. Let us continue to pray. Let us continue to seek your face. Let us continue to look, look unto you, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We pray right now our hearts to towards this service. We pray for our praise team. We pray for the expansion of our church and the new things that are happening. We pray it in Jesus' name, a word that will go forth as has been spoken before, and that you will use our men of God to deliver what thus said the Lord. And we will lift our voice and praise you. Let us this time lift our hands. Let us open our mouth. Let us lift up a voice unto God. Let us shout unto him. Let us create an atmosphere of his presence to be dwelled in. Let us entertain the presence of Almighty God, for he is in this holy place. Let all the inhabitants of the Lord be in awe of him. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And hallelujah. 
worship in this place. Can we all just lift our hands this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Everybody sing. Sing you, Lord. You, Lord. You are worthy. And no one can worship you for me. Come on, sing for all the, for all the things you've done for me. Singing, no one, no one can worship you for me. Let's sing that one more time. Everybody lift it up. Sing, you, Lord, you, Lord, you are worthy. Yes, you are, Jesus. And no one, and no one can worship you for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sing for all the, for all the things you've done for me. You've done for me. Singing, no one and no one can worship you for me. Sing, here's my worship. Here's my worship. All of my worship. I will. I 
tell him how great he is, uh, how holy he is, uh, how mighty he is. Uh, he didn't have to show up this morning, but he did. Uh, he didn't have to wake you up this morning, but he did. Uh, so as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to raise up a shout. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus, the one who provides for me, the one who cares for me. I lift you up, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
by his nail pierced hands we're free. Sing by his blood, by his blood we're washed clean. Sing now we have, now we have the victory. Sing the power of sin, the power of Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. 
There is no one like you. Sing our God and our God is risen. He is alive. He won the the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He has won the victory. Oh, we worship you this morning in this place, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Amen. Let's give him a round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. We want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. So glad everyone is here to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. 
Another beautiful day that the Lord has made our online congregation. We welcome you this morning in the house of God. Amen. We pray that you're having a good time wherever you are worshiping God because he's truly worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Let's praise him this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If I may, if you can, do me a favor. We, we have a lot of things that we stream on the, um, the media section on the screen. And I pray, do hope you're kind of paying attention to what's going on. It kind of repeats itself over and over so you can jot down any kind of dates of what's going on. Um, I know in two weeks we're going to have an All Nations Sunday. And we wanted to try to invite you know, uh, your neighbors, your friends out to get everyone into the house of God whenever you can. Um, that's on the 23rd of October. And on the 22nd, we have a, a rally in Newark. And the, on the 22nd, it's a multicultural rally. So we definitely would love to invite everyone amen, that is able to be there. The information is on the media section as it uh, continues to stroll over and over. Amen. Praise God. And as I said, um, you know, I had a privilege this week as, uh, you know, we were able to get the chance to get away for a general conference. And oh, my God, I think we have over 11,000 people there, amen, in the congregation just worshiping God. Man, you know, everywhere you walk in Orlando in that area, it's just surrounded by Pentecostal. I mean, we, there were Pentecostals throughout just everywhere we go, you know, across the street, down in the shopping center. Pentecost were just covering the entire town and you know we came out in our numbers amen the street sign was saying UPCI international conference so even the town itself have everything written uh, Pentecost you know you know we we have leave a mark in town of Orlando we get a chance to go there this week amen God did move in our services and it was so power pack it was so great um, there was a lot of information that came across you can go on YouTube they posted most of the sessions that they have on YouTube. So if you miss anything, the information is on YouTube. You can always catch up on YouTube. Amen. So that's good. Now, the other thing that I just want to briefly remind you is that about our spiritual journey. We still know our spiritual journey. I'll be a part of the miracle that God has for us. We're, we're, we're very, just in fact, just a couple of weeks, in fact, probably no more than two weeks away. Um, to um, not to date, but you know, if you have not yet make a donation or want to be a blessing to our building that allows us open the door for us, we have a lot of work to do. Make a pledge would ask you if you can at least pay something towards your pledge. I pray, do hope everyone that is here make a pledge and was able to fulfill your commitment. Even though it's for two here, we need whatever you can give now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen, praise God. And on that note, it's offering time. Amen. As the ushers making their way up, there is the ways you can give online. Amen. You can feel free. We have two ushers in the front. Amen. You can see the media team. We can uh, use uh, take your credit card over there also. Amen. So we're going to invite you to stand as we continue to worship the Lord and ask the Lord to bless us as we continue to uh, change uh, the atmosphere. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we already felt in this place, oh God. We truly appreciate you, Lord God, for all that you've done for us. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver, those who have to give and those who have not likewise. Make a way 
that they too can be a blessing, Lord God. We look to you, Lord God, because you are our provider and our keeper. You are our shield and our butler. We adore you, we exalt you, and we give you praise as we say thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord.
this place. I feel Jesus in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. I got to tell you, Brother Scarlett, you were better in this service than the last service. I'm going to do you like folks do me. You didn't say that in our service, Pastor. Well, I'm good. That was so good. Thank you so much. You are a blessing to the kingdom of God. Amen. I mentioned in the service this morning that, um, you know, since most churches stream their services after or since pandemic and now, a lot of churches stream. So we have some sharp folks in our church that they always pay attention to everything that's going on. They look around at different churches, see what different churches are doing, apostolic churches. We just see what they're doing and, you know, just trying to see, you know, how some people do certain things. And since we've been doing that, we have never seen anyone that uh, play instruments during their offering time. We haven't seen that. We just looked around. We haven't seen it. And so the horns uh, that we've always played during our offering time is kind of like a trademark of Christ in the church. And so we've been doing it for I don't even know. During pandemic, we did that. I remember during pandemic, we're preaching out in the basement and Brother Scarlett and Josiah would come to the house. And they were playing, go back to their house, and pandemic's going on, and we're still having church the same way. Man, I'm telling you, aside from the people that we lost, and that's big, we, we, we learned to maneuver during pandemic. I'm telling you. But, but they've been doing this for a while, and Thursday night, while we were in Orlando at General Conference, it was offering time, and I noticed they had the choir come up, and I'm like, okay, it's the choir singing. The choir's not singing. So there's this big choir on the stage getting ready to sing, but they're not singing. It was two men playing the horns. I said, you're telling me this is how they're going to do offering tonight? So I texted out a couple of our people. I said, what's going on here? I've never seen any other church services where they do the horns while they do offering except for ours. And we have arrived at General Conference. They copied our idea. (laughs) It's all right. It's all good. But I had to say that to our brother Scarlett and... Uh, Sister Patrice, I said, oh, they must have copied our stuff because we haven't seen anybody doing this. But we had a great time in General Conference this week. Got to see a lot of friends and, you know, just the ministry that God is doing through the UPCI and um, 210 nations in the world. We are in 238 nations and territories. So there are 210 nations, but there are territories. That's not considered nation, but they're considered territories. And right now the UPCI is has a church in over 238 nations around the world, nations and territories. And uh, we're preaching the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. We are in a wonderful organization. Again, we're not pretending or trying to tell anyone we're better than any other organization. But what we are saying is our organization is doing the work of God. And like any other organization should be, our organization continues to evolve and become even more effective as time go on, we've grown as an organization. We're doing wonderful things. I mean, we have a guy in our organization, African-American guy, that is leading. Um, he is the, the pastor of the United Nations in New York. You've never heard anything like that. But all the nations in the world meet at, you know, they do business at the United Nations in Manhattan, in New York. And we have a pastor within our organization. He is the pastor of the U.N. 
So those people are making decisions for the entire world because it's the world that's there, right? So every nation is represented at the UN. And we have a guy there that's teaching Bible study, that's praying people through to the Holy Ghost, and they're speaking with tongues in the UN. People are getting baptized in Jesus' name. The other day, um, a big-time delegate of the UN um, told the pastor, I need to talk to you, and he, and he met with him, and he says, um, I am being tormented. And the pastor said, well, I know what that is. And the, and, and the man said, well, I'm coming to talk to you about it. And the man said, well, Jesus can deliver you in just like that. This is a big time UN delegate. You know, they speak differently. They carry themselves differently. They live in different places, you know. And, and our guy was like, Jesus can deliver you in seconds. He's like, well, I want to get delivered because I'm tormented. I can't sleep. Of course, he was demon possessed. And, and our guy said, well, let's do it right now. Let's lift your hands. And our guy laid hands on him and he began to pray. Big time delegate. He began to wince and wince and wince and he began to move. And before you know, he got slumped over. Demons got cast out and he was out of it. Then he just got up and says, what happened? And our guy says, well, you're no longer tormented. Everything was gone. That was troubling you and you're good to go right now. And and then he said, what else do I need to do? He says, well, you know, you need to be baptized in Jesus name. And he called up a pastor in New York and said, hey, the tank ready? Say, yes, it is. They drove over to the church. Baptized. They had to clear out the church because they didn't want anybody to know who the delegate was. <laughs> so they said, All kind of secret missions going on around this joint. But they cleared out the church so nobody would know when this delegate from the U.N. went and got baptized in Jesus name. They took him back to the U.N. business as usual. And he's calling up all his friends telling him, I got delivered from whatever that was wrong with me. That's the kind of stuff that's going on in this organization. Uh, we, we've got missionaries that we have to hide their um, their identity because they're preaching up a storm in, in, in places like the Middle East where the gospel is forbid. And they're preaching there and reaching the lost people. People are converted from um, is, um, from Muslim to um, um, Jesus' name, you know, one God, apostolic people. God is doing some great things. And it's very important that when you get a chance, you go to some of these conferences that we have in our um, organization. You will see that it's not just you and me and just some of us here in New Jersey. But God is doing things all around the globe, and we will meet people that are involved in these things, and you will get to learn from them what God is doing. So I thank God for this wonderful organization that we're a part of. Amen. Well, we had a good time this morning. I believe the Lord spoke to our heart because um, I believe the Lord gave me a word for the services um, today. Messages will be a lot, not a lot, but will be quite different. Um, the, the, The direction of the word will be different. Um, You'll hear some of the same things, but you're going to get a different um, conclusion um, of the word from what we did this morning. Um, And and, and that was birth in prayer last night. As I said, we had sweet prayers last night um, when we thought we were done. We prayed what we knew how to pray. Oh, there you go. Ah, See, God is interesting. He is very interesting. Folks, if you kind of study him, you'll say, God, you are very. So we prayed because we know what to pray. We pray the word of God. And so we prayed the word of God, wanting God's will to be done. And when we got done praying the word of God, we were kind of simmering. And then the Holy Ghost just went and moved on us. And we started praying now according to what God wanted us to pray. And God started speaking to us and started touching us. And so when we thought we were done praying, we weren't because God had came in and moved on us. And we started praying according to specific will of God. And man, it was the Lord ended the prayer meeting. We didn't end the prayer meeting. Okay, so so that was interesting last night with that. 
And um, it's interesting now that I think about it, how he worked last night and what he had me preached about what he put in my heart to preach. So that's very interesting. Well, I welcome all of you this morning, you that have joined us online and you that are here. Amen. Uh, we are so glad um, for what the Lord is doing um, today for the first time in a long time. I mean, this is will this will be continuous and this is not a guest that we're having live music. Hallelujah. Live music. We thank God for the Jimenez family. Listen, God is good. God is good. It's interesting how we stepped out on faith to purchase this property. We should get into this building. Closing should take place by the end of this month. And when we did all the planning, we don't know how everything would unfold. We just know, follow what the Lord is doing. And it's interesting how we said we wanted, you know, we prayed for musicians. Lord, send us musicians. And the Lord sent musicians all the way from the West Coast, from Seattle, Washington, to come to be with us. And now we have live music. Uh, and we, we just thank God for that. I mentioned to you all that we need to start highlighting um, the prayers that God has answered in our lives. We just don't want to just, you know, pray and, and then God answer prayers and we ignore, you know, and not say, well, God, you answered that. Thank you. And we prayed for musicians and God answered that. That's just one of the ministries that we prayed for. We prayed for God to send us <laughs> praise and worship. He gave us two in one. <laughs> praise and worship and musicians. We prayed, you know, God sent us, you know, people that will minister in Sunday schools and ushers and greeters and, you know, audio visuals. And we're praying for all of these parking attendants and we're praying for all these stuff. So when God send these uh, answered prayers to us, we need to highlight them and say, God, you really did answer our prayers, right? And um, it's going to be a grand time when we go into our new facility because it will be a God-answered prayer that God include us in his vision, in his purpose. That's what it's all about. We don't want to miss sight. I heard a man of God said this the other day, that anything that we do for Christ that we make about us will not last. But whatever we do for Christ that is of Christ will continue always. So whatever God does, as much as we are so grateful for it, we must point it back to him and give him all the credit and honor him for what he has done. This is not about us. This is always about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we will continue to do that, we will see great things, great miracles. God will continue to do things in our lives, in our church, because he gets the glory. Because why does God want the glory? Because he wants to save the entire world. When he does anything miraculous and people that are unsaved hear of it, they will look to him. Great example, Rahab the harlot. She heard what God was doing for his people and that God was going to take the land that she was living in. And she heard about what God was doing. And when God's people came to her house, she treated them well because she had heard about what God was doing. And so she wanted to be a part of what God was doing. So she treated God's people well. And so the reason why God wants to be glorified is not because he have an ego and said, I want everybody to look at me. No, God want to be glorified so everybody can know about him and have an opportunity for them to be saved. If you don't know about God, you can't be saved. If you never know who God is, you can't be saved. But when you come to know God, you have that opportunity to be saved. So God want to be glorified so others that don't know him will come to know him. That's what it's all about. It's not about anything else. Well, let's stand and let's go in the word of God. I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to give you a word I believe that I have from the Lord. 
Amen. But we want to welcome the him and his family to be a part of the ministry of Christ Center Church. We thank God for them and what they're doing. It's different when, you know, when you are a part of church, they stepped out on faith to do um, what they believed they needed to do by, you know, coming to school here all the way from the West Coast to come here on the East Coast. And they stepped out on faith. And um, and I can say it's a faith because God placed them in an apostolic church. He didn't place them in a place where they're compromising and trying to figure it out. He placed them in an apostolic church. And so they stepped out on faith and here they are. And so because they stepped out on faith, you know, we've got them involved because this is a work of God and we always support the work of God. And so we welcome them to Christ Center Church and for all that they already mean to us. And we will continue to just. Uh, live for the Lord together and do ministry together. We thank God for them and for him using them and sending them to us. Amen. And we will continue to do God's will here in Hamilton, New Jersey, and to the next town and the next town until Jesus a little bit. And so some guy, so of course, you know, my barber, you know, he, kind of, he, has, some, he has some good foundation just from the stuff that he knows. I don't know why he won't just come to the house of God where he can hear truth. Because he can jazz could never go no place else but an apostolic church. He can't. Because all the other churches got too many different things for him to question. He, he, he needs to be in an apostolic church. And so he said to the guy, so really, you go to King, so where is that location? The guy said, yeah, West Hampton. And so the guy said, so, so Jazz said, how many locations? The guy said, one in Ewing and one in West Hampton, and he's getting ready to open one in Atlanta. And so Jazz said, Atlanta, huh? Okay. Then Jazz said, Wayne, when you opening one in Atlanta? I said, I'm done. I said, Jazz, don't start any trouble in this barbershop. <laughs> because, you know, in his mind, he started going down the road like, why are you going to Atlanta? You know, you know, you know. So, and and uh, uh, unfortunately, I had to, in my mind, agree with Jazz because I'm like, yeah, let's keep going to the next town and the next town. You done skipped over a whole lot of towns and now you're going to Atlanta. So I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not talking about no folk in a bad way. I'm just saying, I was trying to tell you about the barber, how he just pray for my man, Jazz. He, he can only go to an apostolic church. Trust me when I tell you, he can't go to no other churches because a lot of churches function off tradition. Did you know that? A lot of churches um, function off tradition and the apostolic church function by the word and the spirit. That's the apostolic church, the word and the spirit. Uh, I'm not telling you we don't have some you know traditions of our own, but what drives an apostolic church is the word of God and the spirit of God. A lot of churches, they just do traditional stuff, like, you know, whatever they adopted as they, you know, do their thing. But the apostolic church is the word and spirit. And so people don't have to worry why we do what we do, because we will have scripture to show them why we do what we do. And so either you take it or leave it. But some places, you know, um, it just go like that. The other day, I'm not going to tell you who said this. The other day, someone from this church say, "Uh, so, Bishop, we um, getting ready to go to the new building. We need, we need to get you a parking spot. Now, I told him, I said, listen, I'm a different kind of guy. I don't want no parking spot saying pastor. <laughs> I, don't want, I, said, I, said, I said, the way our life work is our, our closest parking spot belong to handicapping our guests. That's what it's supposed to be. I said, I said, the pastor, if he handling his business, he's supposed to be there early enough to get a decent park. And if he come late, let him park way across the street. That, I'm talking about myself. So if I don't make it on time, then I deserve to park way across the street. I'm not. I'm just telling you, I don't believe in 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 um, favoritism. I, 
I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I believe in just we're just one people. Nobody's special. We're all special in the eyes of God. I understand where y'all are coming from. I'm just telling you how my brain works. My brain work is I'm here for you. You're not here for me. That's that's my brain. God duped me a long time when I used to work in Princeton, New Jersey, when I became um, I, I worked as a waiter in, in fine dining for a long time. And when you work as a waiter, you learn what a servant really is. And I was not saved when I started working as a waiter in Princeton. But that's where my conversion started taking place as I worked as a waiter. So before I left, the Lord was able to show me what a servant is and showed me while you was waiting tables, I was teaching you how you will serve me when you got saved. And so because I learned that, I realized when people came into the restaurant, I was there for them. I took care of them. And so that's just my mindset now. I take care of you. I'm here for you. I'm here to make sure you're good. That's who I am. I can't change that. So if I've been brainwashed by the Lord, it's okay. But that's just who I am. I'm here for you. And I never want to take away what you need to have. That's just how I feel. I don't want to take away what you need to have. I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know why I'm going down these roads, but I'll, I don't know. But I'll tell you again. I was talking to someone at, at conference, and I was telling them, if I wanted to push the envelope, I could have um, probably about two years ago, I probably could have stopped working my full-time secular job. Two years ago, I probably could have, probably three, I could have stopped working my full-time secular job and pastor this church full-time and take um, a salary from this church. I probably could have um, with the revenue that started coming in the church. But I am not here. I, I don't, I'm not here for you, you. I'm not here for you all to give me something. I'm here to give you something. And so what happened was I said to myself, hear me, there are churches that they took a long time and still won't get to where they got to get to because the pastors put themselves before the church. I'm just trying to be, I'm not trying to disparagingly talk about anybody. What I'm saying to you is if I take a salary from this church, we couldn't be where we are today. The goal is to do God's will, seek first the kingdoms, establish God's kingdom here in Hamilton and let this continue to go. That's what God wants to do. I know he'll make sure I'm straight eventually and whatever we're doing, but I'm here for the Lord. I'm not here for myself, for me to make money and for me to get. No, this is God's kingdom. And if and if I decided that I needed to get a salary and let me just focus on this, because, you know, unfortunately, I'll tell you this, that you don't know. You know, it's like the traditional thing that, you know, you're full time pastor. So you're a real pastor. And so for many years, if you're not full time, you're not a real pastor. So these are the stigmatism that went around. So if I was following the old time tradition, I would have been full time a long time ago just to say I'm a real pastor. But the kingdom means everything to me. The kingdom is first, not me. And so that is why I kept working my secular um, full-time job because God gave me that job so I can be that flexible, so I can pastor this church the way he want me to pastor and still can get a salary from outside. God did it that way, and I'm not going to belittle and not appreciate how God has set up, set up this structure in my life. And so that's why I know I'm putting the kingdom first. Eventually, yes, one day I have to stop working that secular job, and this will be everything to me, and this is where I will get salary from. 
but I want to make sure we establish God's kingdom and purpose here and not put myself first. A lot of churches are still in the same places 20 years later, 30 years later, 40, 50 years later. They're in one place and they won't move because they had put the pastor before the church. Pastor not before the church. Pastor not before the church. And I know it's right for us to treat the pastor with respect and because he, you know, give and pour himself into the church. But the pastor cannot be more important than the church and the, the head of the church. He cannot be. and We cannot make him that way because then our church will be going astray if the pastor become more important than the church and the head of the church. The pastor is not more important than the church and the head of the church. Somebody say amen. I don't know why we get into all that, but I don't know. Just want to give you that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. The word of God says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Jesus, you've already touched us this morning. Your presence is imminent in this place and we want your will to be done. We pray the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow us and work within our heart and that the power of God will transform our mind and that, Lord, where we are now spiritually, you will take us beyond that after we have heard your word today and after we have encountered the Spirit of God even more. I pray, Lord God, for change to come to every one of us, that, Lord, your will be done in us and in this church. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Will you lead me by your Spirit? Place me in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Touch the heart of your people that they will be receptive to the word of God. Touch their mind that they will receive the word of God mixed with faith and that your will will be done here today. We don't want to leave the same way we came in, but we want to leave according to your will and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, faithful endurance, faithful endurance. This morning I preached to the congregation, faithful followers. Now I want to preach to you on this topic, faithful endurance. Let me talk to you a little bit about faithfulness. Faithfulness is an attribute of God. And because God himself is faithful, so are all his works faithful. His works are done in faithfulness. His judgment have been appointed in faithfulness. He gives men their recompense faithfully and his plans are faithful. Somebody say faithful. Because God is faithful, his people are required to respond to his commandments in obedience. We should respond to God's commandments his word in obedience why because he's faithful 
if he wasn't faithful, then we didn't have to obey because we can't depend on him. We can't trust him. But because he's faithful, we need to respond to his words in obedience. And when we respond to God's words in obedience, that makes us now faithful. And so if God is faithful, then we as people need to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. Faithfulness provides a basis for appeal before God. In order to go before God sometimes and petition God for what you feel like God should do in your life, you have to be faithful. Sometimes, just think about it, your children, if you have children, they come to you and they want you to do something and you're saying, you've been rude, you haven't been a good boy or you haven't been a good girl, why do you think I should do that for you? (laughs) We don't treat God like that. We think we can just do whatever we want and when we go to God, he needs to give us still what we want without us being faithful. The Lord has been faithful to us. (coughs) It is only right that we're faithful to him. Faithfulness is dependability. Faithfulness is loyalty. Faithfulness is stability. So when you say the Lord is faithful, you're saying that the Lord is dependable. We can depend on him. When you say God is faithful, what you're saying, God is loyal. He will always be loyal to us. When we say faithfulness, we're saying God is stable, stability. But guess what? It should be the same for us. Are you dependable to God? Can God depend on you? Are you loyal to God? Are you stable where God has placed you? Have you been stable? Have you stayed where God has placed you or have you gone about your ways? Remember Adam in the garden. What did the Bible says that the, 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 the spirit of the Lord um, cried out to Adam, Adam, where art thou? He wasn't in the place where God placed him. He was not faithful. When we're not faithful, we are not being obedient to God. And so faithfulness is important. Faithfulness is required of us if we're going to please God. In Hebrews 6 and 12 that we read earlier, it says that ye, me, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God's promises to us, we inherit through faith and patience. (coughs) That's how we inherit God's promises. We have to be faithful and we have to be patient. Anybody know how you get patience? Trials make you patient. Trials, challenges. So if you want patience and you say, God, will you give me patience? He's going to allow some trials to come your way. He's going to allow some situations to happen in your life because you said you want patience. And there's only one way to get you patience, and that is if trials come your way. Did you know that? (laughs) Those who inherit the promises of God through faith and endurance is those that are considered faithful. 
We need faith to be faithful. <laughs> faithful. You need to have faith to be faithful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I read this morning and I spoke this morning to the congregation by letting them know God spoke to me yesterday in prayer. He impressed upon my heart. Let me say, I didn't hear an audible voice, but he impressed upon my heart yesterday. And he said, my people have faith, but their acts are not acts of faith. It's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to live your life by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And so to have faith is one thing. To live according to the acts of faith is another thing. And so the question is, are we living by faith or are we just having faith? Having faith doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't live by faith. And the the thing about that is many of us have faith. Many of us understand and know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Remember I told you faith, you obtain faith when you come to know who Jesus is, that Jesus is almighty God manifest in flesh. When you have that knowledge, you have obtained faith, okay? And when you have faith and you put works to it, then that equals belief. And so belief don't come before faith. Sometimes you will read in scripture that they want to say faith, but they use the word belief. So you will read in scripture that belief, you know, replaces the word faith, but belief sometimes just means faith. So when you see belief meaning faith, it means having the knowledge of God. So having faith means you have the knowledge of God. Remember, I told you why belief cannot be faith, right? Because you can believe anything. And if you believe that um, monsters exist, does that mean you have faith? So belief is a word that we can throw around loosely. Faith only deals with God. You can't use faith in another way. Uh, I have faith in, you know, that person that they will come through for me. Faith doesn't have to do with people. Faith is a God thing. And, And when you say you have faith, it's between you and God. When you have the knowledge who God is, you have obtained faith. Because here's the big thing about that. When you receive, embrace, and understand that almighty God who created all things by speaking it into existence, except for man, he created all things and established all things. And the Bible says, in the beginning, God. And all while he was doing all of that, he was invisible. And then when the fullness of time had come, he became a man, human. When you embrace that and get to that point of saying, I got it, then you have faith because that is the most miraculous thing that you will ever experience and come to know is God becoming man. Second thing is your salvation. But the first greatest thing that you can ever understand is almighty God becoming human. When you understand that, you have every, I don't know, authority or or knowledge, right word. You have every knowledge to understand everything else. When you come to understand that almighty God became man, you have all the knowledge you need to understand everything else. Think about it. What else is harder than that? What else is more miraculous than that? 
There is nothing else more miraculous than Almighty God becoming man. Nothing. Find it and let me know. Because in order for bones to be healed, God had to do that. That's a small thing for him. Remember Ezekiel? Is there anything too hard for God? So there's nothing too hard for him. We might look at it and say, mm, I don't know how you're going to do this one, Lord. But there's nothing too hard for God. And so from the moment God manifests himself as human and came and lived a life as a human and gave his life for us, there is nothing more magnificent and miraculous than that. Nothing. The second most miraculous thing to that is us being transformed and be being converse and going from sinner to Christian. That's the second greatest thing. Everything else is just okay. But those are the two most important things. God becoming man and us becoming saved. <laughs> and so the Lord impressed upon my heart to say, we have faith, but we're not living by faith. And so I started questioning that in my mind in prayer. All right, Lord, can you explain that to me? Because I was waiting for something deep for God to explain to me why that is. I'm, I'm like, I don't understand that, God. What deep thing is it that we're missing? And God said, no, you are, you are on track. The text that you're going to preach tomorrow, you, you, you need to go back and look at it because I want you to see this. And this is what I went back and he showed me. Faith. Living by faith. Acts of faith. So in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll find these things. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, Noah built an ark. Why is that faith, God? That's faith because Noah built an ark depending on God, not understanding how that's possible. Come on now. Follow me. Noah built an ark. Depending on God, not knowing how that was possible, because remember now, got to chop down trees, got to make wood, got to build something that you ain't never seen because it has to be big for all the people of the world to fit in it. Remember, he wasn't just building it for his family. You know, it's only his family got saved, but the ark was built big enough for anybody who wanted to be saved back then to be saved. Plus, the animals would be saved. That's how big the ark had to be. So tell me in his natural mind, how can he think that was something possible when that had never been done before? So Noah started building an ark, depending on God. That's faith. That's faith. When your actions depend on God to make it possible. When you are living your life and everything you do, you are in charge of making it possible, you're not living by faith. Ooh. Ooh. When you get up in the morning, you got it all figured out. I'm not telling you not to be proactive, not to think things through, not to plan. I'm not telling you not to do that. All I'm saying to you is look at your actions and now examine them and ask yourself, are these acts of faith? Or these acts of my wisdom, my intellect, my understanding, my ability. By faith, Abraham followed the Lord to a place where he did not know where he was going. Again, 
How was he going to get there? Had to depend on the Lord. This is what God is trying to get me to communicate to us. That we need to live more by faith and not according to how we control how our life works. Because what we do so often is all predicated on, I got this. I'm in control. I have the ability to. I'll work two and three jobs if I have to to make this money so I can pay my bills. I got this. That's not faith. You're living on you. By faith, Moses forsook the royal lifestyle of Egypt to live in the bondage, to live in bondage as a Jew, not knowing what would become of the Jews. When he found out that in his bloodline, who he really was, was that he was a Jew, he decided, I don't care about all this royalty, Pharaoh. I don't care about all this glorious things and that I'm going to be the next in charge. I don't care about that. I am going to go live a life of a servant and suffer and struggle with the people of my kind. Who would do that? And then on top of it, he did not know if the people of his kind would become extinct because they were slaves. And who knows if the Egyptians were going to kill them all. But Moses still choose to be with them as opposed to be with the royal family. That's faith because what he was doing depended on God working for it to be completed. By faith, the Egyptians, what did they do? They walked through the Red Sea on dry land. For many years, many people might not have thought that was faith. But just think about it. Pharaoh and his army is coming, getting ready to destroy them. And now the only thing that's in front of them is this big sea. And all of a sudden there's a wind that blew the sea to part. And now when they look down, the ground is not muddy. It's dry. And now waters are on the side and this big passageway opens. You don't think it takes faith to keep walking down there? Because all you know is if I go down, will the water close up and we all drown? Should I trust going and walk through? Because just imagine, because it had to be miles to go through for all the people to get through. Is this going to work? But when they, because they had the knowledge of God. God opened up this pathway. So we're going to go through. They didn't go through on their ability. They went through on the knowledge of who God is. He loves us. He's faithful. He opened up this door. He led us out of Egypt. So guess what? He'll take us all the way through because he's the one that's in charge. And so they went through. That took faith. It wasn't their ability. Now they had to walk. Right? So they used their strength to walk through. But in order for them to get through, they had to trust in God. They had to depend on God. And God has challenged me to say to us, what are we doing that depends on him? Are the things that we're doing mainly depending on us? Or do we do things that depends on him? He's trying to get us to do things that depend on him. You ready for the last one? By faith, the harlot Rahab. I told you about that not long ago. The harlot Rahab had heard about this God of Israel. And she heard what great things he were doing. And somehow the word traveled to her that he had given the land that she was in to the Israelites. So she knew sooner or later the Israelites would take control of this land. And so guess what she said? I'm going to support God's people. I'm not going to go against them. Let me help them. And so when the spies came to spy out the land to figure out what they're going to do to take control of the land, 
when people, when, when, when the, the, the king had commanded that they look for those spies and kill them, she hid the spies. So she put her life at stake to hide God's people because if the king of that town would have found out she was doing that, he would have killed her and probably her family. But she did it anyhow. She had to depend on God to not get caught doing that. Again, what are we doing that are acts of faith and not just acts of ability, intellect, know-how, routine? What are we doing? God said, you have faith, but now I need you to do acts of faith. That's why the scripture says, as you know it, faith without works. I mentioned this morning, sometimes we pray and that's not an act of faith. Don't get quiet. Sometimes we pray and it's not an act of faith. It's an act of, Lord, I need your help. Give me what I want. Just, 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 I just do what I want you to do. It's not an act of faith. Sometimes we pray. It's not an act of faith. It's just us whining and telling God, give me what I want. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we come to church. Let me challenge you and, and ask you this. Maybe you'll come in differently next week. When you were getting dressed this morning to come to church, did you have in your mind, I'm going to church because God is going to do something powerful. I'm going to church because God's going to do something miraculous. I'm going to church and God is going to use me and somebody's life is going to be changed because God used me. Did you enter into the church service this morning with an expectation of what God was getting ready to do? Or did you just go and say, well, I'm going to go. And everything that will follow in the service is what God will do for you. It's nothing that you are doing in faith right now. Think about it. God is looking for people that will not just have faith, but for people that will live by faith. Abraham is called a father of faith because he lived by faith. When God first called Abraham, well, his name at that time was Abram. And so when God called him, he didn't even really know the voice of God, but he knew I can trust this voice. And he went where God sent him and he never questioned. He just went. He left his family where he was comfortable and he went. And now we know Abraham is the father of faith. The text that we read earlier is It springs from this text here in Genesis. This is where that whole text that we read earlier in in, in Hebrews 6, uh, 10 through 15, it it started from here. It was a a recount of uh, what happened here in Genesis 22. In Genesis 22, verse number 15, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven, or out of heaven, the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in, watch this, remember what you read earlier, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in the seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. 
That's the text that was quoted in Hebrews of God saying, in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. That's where it came from, because God had said that to Abraham in Genesis. Now we're reading it in Hebrews. God is backing up what he'd already said. And so, in spite of Abraham's failures at times, and even when he sinned against God, God kept his promise he made to Abraham and Isaac was born. Watch this. Many of God's promises do not depend on us, but it depends on God's faithfulness. God's promises depend mainly on God's faithfulness. You got to be faithful, but God's promises depend on God's faithfulness. Some of you here today and those who may tune in or, or have tuned in online may be feeling like giving up because you're, you're saying, God, you have made promises to me and I haven't seen those promises fulfilled yet. I'm here to tell you, don't give up on God. I'm here to tell you that be faithful to God because God is faithful. And whatever promise that God has made to you, he will fulfill it. For some of us, God has made us personal promises that he has not yet fulfilled. He will fulfill it. But here is something that you haven't thought about. Some of the promises that God has made to Abraham are also promises that we need to claim. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, the Bible says, For all the promises of God in him or yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God, we can depend on the promises of God. All God is asking you to do is just be faithful. Don't give up. Don't turn away from him because he has made promises to us and he is faithful to fulfill his promises. The same promises he made to Abraham, Brother D., we can claim them. I'm going to give you, give you a word for it. Galatians 3 and 26. It says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So when you have faith and you respond to God's word by faith, we become the children of God. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither in Christ. Watch 29. And if you. What. What the promises. Or what promises God had promised Abraham. We can claim them today. But the Bible says. The seed of Abraham. So whatever God promised Abraham. As a matter of fact. We are, part, we are a representation of that promise. We are a representation of God's promise to Abraham. Uh-huh. And so today we can trust that whatever he promised Abraham in blessing, he will bless us. That we can know that in multiplying, he will multiply us. That we can know we're part of that promise that God made to Abraham. I'm almost there. In Hebrews, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Saying, surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. The blessing and multiplying goes for us as well. The Lord has blessed us continuously. 
and he will continue to bless us because we are the seed of Abraham. Mm -hmm. But he also wants to multiply us. God just doesn't want to bless you. He wants to multiply you. Mm -hmm. Help me, Jesus. It is God's promise to expand us and make us a great nation, church. God wants to raise up great, a great nation of God-fearing, faithful people unto himself. We are the seed of Abraham, and God has raised us up, but he, he is not done in raising up the seed of Abraham because he says he wants to multiply us. He didn't just want to bless us. He just don't want to add to us, but he wants to multiply us. We are the seed of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. And as we go on and study through the word of God, we know when we say seed, it refers to one thing. Seed always refer to the word of God. But also, if we say seed always refer to the word of God, we can also go here in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God himself is the seed. If, if the word of God is a seed, God himself is the seed. And so when the word of God is in you, the seed is in you. It, it produces something in you. Hmm. Can I tell you something? The Lord says, in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thee. If you ever go through scripture and look at that whole thing that God liked to talk about when he talked about multiplying, it's very interesting. When you look at addition, when you add, you're adding to something that already exists. So when you're adding, you're, you're just bringing more, more to add to what you have already had. That's addition. If you look up the word multiplying you know what multiplying means reproduction when when he says i will multiply thee what he's saying is i'm gonna reproduce just think about when a seed gets planted it reproduce a crop it don't just bring up one thing y'all it's not a coincidence God says in multiplying, I will multiply thee. What he's saying is, I'm not just going to add to you. When I work through you, I am going to multiply. So it's going to be many, many, many of you that will come from you, not just another one, not just another two, but it's going to be many. It's going to be a multiplication. It's going to be a reproduction. That means it's a whole crop that will come out of you if you will be faithful. God. Just think, he says nation. Watch the Lord, how he's communicating to us. Nation, that's a whole crop. When he says seed planted, it's a whole crop that's going to be reproduced. Not just one thing, not just added to another thing. He's producing, he's reproducing a great crop through us. That's why he says he wants to multiply. And I'm going to give you the clear message that I feel like I have for this service 
this people here today, God wants to multiply you. God wants to work so mightily through you. And, and I know it to be how God communicated because this is the service where the kids are. God don't miss, man. If, if I look, I sit back and watch God work and I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed like, okay, he gave me this word for this service, another word for the next service. And when we started, and I'm watching the kids and all of just the kids, I'm like, this is the service. And this is the service that he wanted me to tell you. He wants to multiply you. He just don't want to add to you. He is telling me to tell you that this movement toward this new property won't have nothing to do with look at this building. It has everything to do with I want to multiply you. I want to raise up nations out of you. I want to raise up families after families. I want to raise up generation and generation after you. That's who he wants to do it. All of these little kids, let them run. I just, me and Ethan was talking. Trust me, starting with me, as long as they're not breaking nothing, let them, let these children go. There is something about our children learning how to worship God, how to praise God. Let them go. (laughs) Everywhere you go where there's a revival church, you will see children are at the front of the church worshiping, praising God. The Bible says, Jesus, tell us, come unto me as little children. Let the children loose in Christ-centered church because God is raising up a generation. He's multiplying people. He's multiplying generations. Let them worship. Let them praise God because this is the will of God. That's what this church is all about. This service, I don't know if you realize it, but this is different than the first service. And this group of people at the second service, y'all come together once we have one service. You'll see God wants to multiply you. He wants you to have great impact. He wants to raise you up to do great things. Wherever you are, God wants to use you. And he says, I just don't want to bless you. I just don't want to add to you, but I want you to reproduce. I want you to be a reproduction, just just a, a system, an organism that will reproduce because that's what God is wanting to do through us. Reproduce. That's what multiplication is. You put a seed in the ground and what it comes up. Let me show you something before I close out here. Um, if we think about multiplication, it says here in Mark chapter four, verse number 30. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, just think, a grain of mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed, not mustard seeds, it says seed, one. And which when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may may lodge under the shadow of it. 
One mustard seed produces a tree that is just so full that you can get mustard seeds upon mustard seeds from the tree. But it was only one mustard seed. So one mustard seed produced a tree that was so huge and that would reproduce so many more mustard seeds. That's how God sees you and I, not as people that he want to add to, but as people that he wants to use to reproduce. And so he's not just trying to bring one soul through your life, one soul through your life. He wants to bring many souls through what you will do as a seed he planted the seed in you but what you will reproduce is greater than you I don't know if you're believing that with me today are you believing that with me today the seed that is in us is supposed to reproduce it's supposed to multiply God wants to multiply us and establish a great nation of people unto himself but we must sacrifice ourselves. we must let everything go that will not nurture the seed that is in us we must be faithful and endure till the promises are fulfilled and that won't be till we get to heaven God wants to use you. God wants you to be the vessel that he can work through. The seed that's planted in you, the word of tentative uh, in our finances. Uh, we have worshipped. Uh, we have praised. Uh, paid unto us. Uh, but Family members are getting ready to surrender their life to God. They get saved. They're getting ready to get saved. Get yourself together. You, you, sometimes we around them and we, we not right. We got to get right. So when they decide I'm ready to come to church, uh, you're not looking all crazy and you're not stop believing what you used to believe. Let me just slip this in real quick. Don't stop doing what you've always done. When people, when people have been watching you, you don't know people have been watching you for a very long time. And when they are watching you and all of a sudden you change, it will get in the way of them giving their life to God because they're going to want to know, why did you change? Why did you stop doing what you used to do? And no matter how much you tell them about God, they won't listen because all they know is you changed on me. People that are like-minded like you, when you change, they will change right along with you because that's how we do. We flock to people who do what we do. So when you change, you ain't got no choice but to be around other people that change just like you. That's what you do. But when you stay the course, don't change. Because people, I'm telling you, I've told you before, and when God pressed them, they want to come to a people that's stable. They don't want to come to a people that you lived this way one time and now you're living this way. They don't want to come to you. They are not going to. Sometimes we get it twisted that because people are being polite and respectful that we think that they believe in us. They don't believe in us. They just come in and being polite. But the bottom line is uh, when they really need to get the truth, you know where they're going? To somebody who ain't never deviated from the course. Your family members are getting ready to get saved. Don't you leave now. Don't you deviate when this. It means it's real and it's truth. And I need to do what you're doing. Everybody is looking for people that are faithful. Remember what I told you faithful is dependability, loyalty, and stability. And so when you are faithful, they say, you know what? I can do what they're doing. I'm going to live for God like they're living for God. Because you have demonstrated faithfulness. 
when you change up from what you used to do, I don't care how you justify it. I don't care what it is. When you change up, it means that you are no longer stable. It means you're no longer dependable. Ah. It means you're no longer loyal because what you once believed, you don't believe anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't like to hear stuff like that, but I can't stop telling you the truth. The day, see, I told you all, and I'm closing here, it's time to go. I told you all, everybody have different characteristics and personality. But I remember when I was in the world and I was not saved, I just couldn't do anything that was fake. I never did anything through pretend. I cannot, it's not a, per, it's a personality thing. This don't, I don't think this has anything to do with spirituality. I could not do something fake and pretend it was real. I was just never like that, even in the world. And so I never wore, I'm not taking shots at anybody, I never wore, wore fake gold. I couldn't do it. Either I'm wearing real. You go to New York right now, you can get fake anything you want. So if you want a fake Rolex, go to New York, you get a fake Rolex. You go to New York, anything fake you want, go to New York and you'll get it. But back in the day, they had leather coats. There, there were some people that had fake leather coats. Not messing with some of y'all that have the fake. That religion wasn't legit. You ain't getting me. Nah, nah. I, I just couldn't do it. It's, it's a personality thing maybe. But it has worked for my good in living for God because I could not live for God in no fake way. I could not go to a religion that every time I meet some people they say, y'all believe this stuff and that ain't even true. And it's true and I couldn't do anything about it. Whatever I'm telling you about and preaching to you about, guess what? I can show it to you in the book. I can show it to you in the book, and that's why I'm doing it. And a lot of people are doing stuff now that they're trying to explain. It ain't in the book. They're just explaining it in their way. You're not faithful. You have deviated from faithfulness because you have come up with a way how you think you can do it without following the book. Faithfulness. Faithful endurance. God is getting ready to save some families. God is getting ready to touch your children like never before. God is getting ready to expand us like we've never seen. And we have to trust him and hold on to righteousness and endure in faithfulness. We cannot give up now. It's too close. The return of the Lord is at hand. And we got to put out, we have to put ourselves in the place where God will have us to be and be faithful to him. Don't give up, church. Train up your children to do right and live right. Let them praise God. Let them worship God. Let them live for God. Let's stand. We're getting ready to see great, great, great revival in our church. We're getting ready to raise up daughter churches and go to the next town and preach. We're getting ready to start preaching points. We're getting ready to see the work of the Lord like we've never seen before. Abraham. Trusted God to fulfill his promise regarding his descendants by being able to raise Isaac up from the dead. We need to do what God called Abraham to do when he instructed him to go to Mount Moriah. Remember when God called Abraham to go to Mount Moriah? Abraham said, wait here and me and the lad will go yonder to worship. So, to Abraham and to everybody else, it looked like Abraham was taking his son Isaac to go sacrifice him. 
But all Abraham knew was, I don't care what this is all about. I know God. You see what I mean by believe is different than knowing. All Abraham knows is God is righteous. God is faithful. And guess what? If God tell me to bring my son and bring him as a sacrifice, even if God is going to make me take his life, God is going to raise him up. So I'm not going to uh, second guess God. I am going to go. But what we come to find out today, that was a move of what we call worship. And so God was calling Abraham to worship. And he was calling Abraham to show his son what worship is all about. And so I'm here to tell you today, as God is ready to multiply us, we need to make sure we're showing our children what worship is all about. We need to show our children what it's like to have faith. Because that's what God is calling us to. I taught this before. You might not have been here when I've taught this. But what Isaac represented for Abraham more than anything else was his future. Children represents our future. And what Isaac represented to, to, to Abraham was his future. And so if Abraham gave his son Isaac as a sacrifice, what he was saying in essence I'm cutting off my future. But today we understand what was going on was Abraham was saying, God, I will put my future in your hands. I will put my future in your hands. And in order for us to experience the promises of God, we have to put our future in God's hands and not worry about it. We won't put our future in God's hand. We're always worrying about what we can do. I got to do this and I got to do that. And I'm worried about my future. Well, you wouldn't have a future if it wasn't for God. Put your future in God's hands and God will fulfill his promises that he made to you. Oh, oh God, we thank you today. Do you understand what God want to do for you if you will just endure? Faithful endurance. Don't give up on God. Realize what God has in store for you. Don't just let this be another service today, but realize what God has in store for you. Fight with everything you've got to obey God. Fight with everything you've got to do acts of faith, to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Find something to do that you know I depend on God to have this done. I have to depend on God to get this done. Acts of faith. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's lift our hands and say, God, help us today. God, help us today to endure no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're doing. Help us to endure and to live by faith, to live according to acts of faith, Lord God, and not just what we want to do. Come on, church, before you go, just talk to God today. Just lock in with the Lord for just five minutes and ask God to help you to live by faith, to walk by faith, and to trust him to be faithful because he is faithful, and he will come through, and he will fulfill his promises unto you. You just have to trust him and know you can depend on him and know he is loyal, he is reliable, he is you can depend on Jesus. He will not let you down. Jesus will not let you down. 
Oh, you can trust him today. You can trust him today. He is faithful. He is just. And he is our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, have your way. Church, we can trust him. We can depend on him, church. Oh, my God, my God, my God. If you will trust him, he will supply all of your needs. He will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. You can trust that he will see you through to the very end. He will not allow you to be destroyed. He will not allow his promises to not be fulfilled because God is faithful. And if you are faithful, he will do faithful things. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I won't be afraid of the shadows I've seen the sun. Come on. You don't have no, to worry. When God is in your life and you're faithful, you don't have to worry about a thing. God's got your back. God's got you covered. God is your provider. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel his presence. I Lead me to the world. Lead me to the world. Hallelujah. 
gonna live again. Gonna trade this cross for a crown. No, this is not the end. I shall not. When you call my name. Oh, yes, Lord. Take my rest. There's a mansion in glory and you're gonna meet me there. I shall not. I shall not. No, we won't. He will wipe every tear from my eyes. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. I'll be home in his presence forever. I shall not want.
Help us, Lord God, to live by faith and not just by our own intellect and our own doing. Oh, God, keep us until we come back together again. Lord, let us see the revival that will take place in our homes and our families, the, the harvest that we will reap, Lord God. We have anticipation. We have expectations, Lord God. Oh, we're so grateful that we can be a part of the great work you're doing in the earth. Bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. If you haven't given your life to God and you want to do so, don't hesitate. Come and talk to us that we can help you. In Jesus' name. Thank you.